relationship with Christ Amen. through the Word of God. Amen. And it's through the Word of God that He reveals Himself to us. Our self is revealed to who we are. But it's out of this relationship that we live our life. I think far too often Christians put other things in front of the relationship. And Carmel and I were sort of talking about that this morning. It's out of our intimate personal relationship with Christ that we live our life, that we're a dad, that we're a, a husband, um, a father, that we're at work. It's out of this relationship because out of the relationship flows the power, right? The power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do it. We've, we know that we can't bear fruit. The Holy Spirit bears it in us. And it's out of this relationship that contentment and peace and joy come not from the world. So you can see how we're focusing on this relationship. It's out of this relationship. We live our life. We have our relationships. We go to work, but it's out of our relationship with Jesus. Um, something that you know we're all looking for comes from that relationship, that peace, that security. Um, and then we end up doing God's work, God's way. It's not my manufactured, even if I plan these things, if it's not coming from the Holy Spirit, then it's my work. I end up doing it in God's way, His power for His glory. It takes me, Rick, out of the picture. Life is about Him. I think the concentration of our life has to be on Christ. Focus of our life. Not on what I can do for Him. It's on Him. Um, and anything that deters that, we're getting into distractions. Anything that distracts us from that, we have to deal with swiftly and, and remove it. So... Um, any uh, Michael's not here. Anybody know any updates on on the lens? I mean the, the funeral. Was, oh, the memorial services. The 16th. I think he was cremated, right? Okay. This when's the sixteenth? Okay. We'll keep them in their prayers. And Mihaila lost her grandmother, um, so just keep them in your prayers too, uh, that God's peace would be with them. Um, yeah, for some reason, Ernie's death is really. It's hard for me to shake, too. He was a, a friend of mine. Um, so it's hard. It's just hard. Uh, we will have the dinner. Has everybody signed up who's going to the dinner? Um, sort of need to know the number so we know what room to get. This isn't going to be some spendy, you know, empty your pockets out kind of dinner. Um, but enjoyable time, again, to get together and fellowship. Um, I still need a call to make the resident. I was 6.30. Is that what we're thinking? Right. And we were thinking some, you know, if you have kids that you need for us to babysit, then we we're going to have a place by our house. But, our house. but if nobody kids need babysitting, we can really no, go. The, the porters are coming to our house. Oh. Okay. We have kids. So far. You do. Time, what time do they go to bed? Oh. They'll be fine. They'll be playing with my kids. They'll be fine. <laughs> 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 yeah, nobody's <laughs> So probably 6.30, 6.37, we'll have a room and um, just have some fellowship together. So let us know if you're planning on coming, and that'll let us determine where and... Um, yeah, I've heard from most everybody. Okay. So if you, haven't, if you haven't told me yet, just let me know before you leave. That'd be great, so I can make the final count. Okay, good. Anything else? Any other questions before we get into the meat? <laughs> Uh, okay, so we are reviewing, right, the life of Abraham, 
And, you know, we went through Genesis. You guys should know Abraham's life pretty well, right? We're going in detail to Abraham's life. We're learning from Abraham how God is going to increase our trust, our faith. And when we're talking about a relationship, obviously, trust is like the cornerstone of a relationship, right? So God is trying to increase our faith, our trust in him. He does it through different ways. Do you remember the D's that we talked about? What are the D's? How is God going to... The way he worked in Abraham's life, he's going to work in our life. And he's going to put us through these situations. What are the D's? Difficulties, delays, decisions, distractions. Demands. Good. Demands. And we can look at the life of Abraham and see all of these. Um, the demands, the difficulties, the delays. So we were looking into uh, Genesis 16 um, for some distractions. And we talked about what a distraction is right what's a distraction or a temptation is another form of a distraction what do you think when we say that something that pulls our attention away from god right Focus. right we also talked about our own strength we try to take we try to do things in our own strength we should right. really rely on christ exactly that's right so when we when do they occur in our life when are the distractions likely? They can occur at any time. When are they likely? When we looked at Genesis 16, remember? Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family. I can build a family, right? Through her, Abraham listened to the voice, or Abraham agreed with what Sarai said. And then we know, um, so they, Abraham had been living there in 10 years. Sarai's wife took the Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, gave her to her husband to be his wife. So what was happening in their life at that time? Delay. There was a delay, right? God gave them a promise, there's a delay. We're more prone to distractions during this delay, right? Our flesh is getting a little irritated, a little anxious. Come on, something needs to happen. Um, what else? There was a difficulty, right? They couldn't have a kid, right? God's kept me from having a kid. So my question is to you, why didn't God just give him a kid? Right? Gina says relationship. Why didn't... Sure, right. But why? What? What is he doing? Why doesn't he just meet our needs right away, right? He promises them a kid. Just give him a kid. Right. Exactly. He's he's got a purpose beyond the kid. Mm-hmm. He the kid's is just a means to an, to his end. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So no, you know what we're. No, no, no. It's, but it's also we also have to remember it's, it's not about us, right? Right. So it could be nothing to do with us at all. But his timing is perfect. His ways are perfect, yes. and he's all wise. So. I mean, he always, in it, will work in and through us, but yet it's just about him and his timing, ultimately. Right, but we know God enough that it is really about us, too. Right, he's going to use it. Because he loves us so deeply, mm-hmm. and he wants this relationship. Again, from this class, that's what we're looking at. It's like, what's the big picture? The big picture is that I have an intimate walk with Christ. At the end of my life, that's what I want people to say. He walked with God. You know, he, he 
knew God. He, everything else doesn't really matter. So we start thinking like God thinks, hey, God is using this delay or this distraction to deepen my trust, to deepen my faith. Then we get a better understanding and we can accept it more. Like, okay, God is using this to grow me up, to develop me, to deepen my relationship. So yeah, he's going he's gonna to have, we, we, we see through Abraham's life all these things that have happened to him, and they were all culminating into the point where he could, you know, say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice my son. You know, the promise to me, okay, I'm ready, ready to give it up for you, Jesus, or you, God. Um, he grew him up through all this, and he's growing us up. It's, it's purposeful. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. It's not just random. These events that are happening are purposeful in God's eyes. Um, why do you think he allowed this distraction? Why did he allow Hagar? We know he probably shouldn't have gone down to Egypt, you know, and then he picks up Hagar there and sort of the consequences of, of disobedience. But um, So what's the purpose of this now? Why is he allowing this distraction? And you can go back to the same thing, right? He's trying to grow my faith and my trust. But why, why specifically does God allow temptations into our life? Does he allow these distractions? The fifth D here, distractions. What is he doing? Can we, can we go to scripture and find anything that helps us understand? Think of your own life. Before I came, or as I was coming, or before I, I guess I accepted Jesus, and I don't know the exact date, and this is what helps me with my kids, is God, I was sinning, and I started to become aware of it because I was in Bible study, but I was unwilling to stop the sin because I thought I needed the sin. Um, and I just had to get, it, it, I, my life became darker and more... I mean, it's almost like a shade of darkness came in, and I just became more anxious and unhappy. And so I think, I mean, so when I'm dealing with my kids, unless it's a dangerous situation where I say, you know, I have to budge in, mm -hmm. I try let, I try not to interfere, mm -hmm. and um, because it doesn't help, it just prolongs their process. Um, unless it's obviously affecting the household too. Mm -hmm. So I'm. Um, I'm grateful because I, when I look back on this desperation that I had, this relationship that I had, it had nothing to do, it never met my needs. And it was right. me saying, I need this relationship. God's not giving it to me. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I was unhappy. So God, right. when I was in college, and it was really scary to cut that relationship off because I thought it was meeting a fatherly need. Mm -hmm. But um, God sent healthy men into my life, mentors, and it was definitely a nice comparison, mm -hmm. you know, and so I was able to cut off that relationship. Right. So he allowed it. I mean, he allowed it. It was my issue. Right. But, but he, he yeah. allows it for a specific purpose. It was awful. And that's, yeah. right. It's hard to be aware of your sin and then deliberately sin. Right. But that's how we have to be aware of it. That's right. So let's look in Deuteronomy because this passage really impacted my life um, going through a certain situation. Let's read Deuteronomy 13, 
one through four. Does anybody want to read that? So we're, you got that? Okay, Jacob. One through four. Yep. If a prophet or dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not, shown, not known, and, lo- and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. Okay. So here we have a situation where he says, I'm testing you. I'm going to allow a distraction into your life as a test. All right, so what's the distraction here, right? I mean, again, you'd say, well, listen, here's a prophet. He says something's going to happen. It happens, some miraculous sign. Of course I'm going to follow him. Only God can do this, right? Makes sense. I need a child. The child's supposed to come from me. Well, there's Hagar. It's me and Hagar. Yeah, it sort of makes sense. There's some, some truth to it. But yet, is it fully the truth? So um, how can we spot the distraction here? How can we spot a distraction in our life? Because there's usually Satan's going to put some truth to it. When he tempted Jesus, you can read that in Luke 4, Matthew 4, temptations, there's truth to it. But how do we spot a distraction? Temptation sometimes is obviously straight in front of us, but maybe the distractions are a little bit subtler. How, how can we spot? What does he say? Let us follow other gods. So how do we spot a distraction then? Lead you away from God. Right. Anything that's going to drift your attention, your focus, your concentration, your love, your devotion away from Christ. It may be good. You know, hey, it's good for me to do these things. I'm taking care of my family or I'm doing my business or whatever it may be. But if it's leading you subtly away from Christ, we have to be very careful. Um, So I was tested because I was getting counsel from wise people, people I respected, godly people. And they knew my situation. They knew I was hurting and they knew a way out. Hey, you just go this way, it's fine. You don't have to deal with that. You know, this isn't what God wants for you, etc., etc. It was basically relieving me from pain and suffering. So it's very tempting, right? Hey, I respect this person. I value their opinion. Makes sense. It's relief of my anxiety, suffering, pain, whatever. Hmm, It's very attractive. But underneath, the Lord is saying, no, I need you to stay put. You know, so am I going to listen to the voice of God? And I'm not saying godly counsel is not valuable. It is. But your quiet time with Jesus and what he's impressing on your spirit, and you'll know because the decision that he's pointing you to is the right one. It's making you follow him. It's making you cling to him. It's making you depend on him. It's not a quick fix, a quick bailout. Um, So that relationship with Christ is so important that we can spot and recognize a distraction. Um, Sometimes they're even good activities, like I mentioned, um, but if they're turning your focus away from Christ and what he's doing in your life, be very, very careful. Um, 
Does it, he says, what about this when he says, the Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him. Does he need to find out? Does, what, what does that mean? Does God need to find out if I love him? We need to find out if we love him. Well, but we have the free will to choose, and that's what he wants. He wants us to choose that relationship. Right. We've got robots. Right. And I think that that book that I read about the salvation of the American hero, mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool that this guy who was in the movies and made all this money still had a hole in his heart. Mm-hmm. Something was still missing. Mm-hmm. And then he chose God. Right. That was pretty cool. Right. So, and you're hitting at what really is one of the key things that make us grow. It's the choice. So every time we have a distraction or a temptation, we have a chance to grow. Because mm-hmm. when we make the choice, so when I made the choice not to listen to the people I respected and loved and hang in there, and this has been repeated in my life back to you know, when I turned away from the kids drinking alcohol and I felt the presence of God, but that choice, behind that choice, that choice... I guess makes me who I am because I chose to follow Christ and behind that he then reveals himself to me and I know him more I trust him more so the next time it comes up my faith is stronger yeah hey I listened to the voice of God I trusted him this is what he did for me my faith is growing my relationship is is deepened so every choice that we make and now God can use our bad choices too, but we have a lot of pain and suffering in between. But he'll use those choices to deepen our trust and our faith. So every choice we make makes us, if you can think of it that way. If I make a choice to follow Jesus, that's going to make me trust him more, love him more, build my faith. Yes? Ephesians 5, 1 through 10 is essentially what you're talking about in being imitators of God. Mm-hmm. Verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Mm-hmm. But it's basically what you're saying. It's a personal walk, and we am, imitate the life of Christ and what he shows us through the word, and that takes priority over anything, even if it seems to be godly counsel. Right. And again, I'm not... Godly counsel is very, very important but they don't know your situation like you and Christ know it. So I'm not saying no to godly counsel and say we need it. And I went and and went to godly counsel, but I think their heart was to relieve me from pain and suffering, which is understandable, right? Carmel, you're saying, you know, do I have to make every decision for my kids? Well, I want to relieve my kids from pain and suffering. But you know what? Sometimes they have to go through it to learn. I can't do that. It's going to hurt. You know, you got to throw Jonah overboard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes, and again, this is, this is, each situation's different. So I'm not advocating, oh, you know, just let your kids run wild and experience consequences. But there is stuff that we do have to back off, right? There's a balance. There's a balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nobody understands it. Right. But you and, and God. Things, you know, and hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, you can actually say, that was when I really screwed up. Right. <laughs> that was when he should have, you know, right. suffered the consequences. Right. But now I blew it. Right. And now it's like, poor fruit. Right. And yeah. and the Lord can use that, though. That's the great yeah. thing. We have such well, a loving over. God. It's well, not it's over. It's not over. It's That's not right. over. It's one step. It's, it's, it's not over. <laughs> and God, God will use <laughs> that. Stay alive, 
<laughs> God will use that to grow them up and develop them. So, yeah, the Lord doesn't need to find out. Um, we need to find out where we're at. I had a, when I came to this church, I, I still don't really, I was talking to Jen the other day, that the whole baptism, the whole method, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's great. I mean, I've heard Pastor Nathan talk about it twice. I've talked with him alone on it. But I don't care how people get baptized. But I had a personal, so I had godly people in my life saying, Carmel, you don't have to get baptized. You don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. But, and so of course I didn't want to because I was, I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do all the connection classes and get mm-hmm. baptized. But God, it was like I'm knowing that God wanted me to do it. And then I said to God, I decided, you know what? I don't need to do this. These are godly people. But then I felt like I was going to vomit. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to sign up for it, God. And if you take away this nausea, I know it's from you. And then it went away like that. And then, okay, so every week I was like, I basically have my middle finger up saying, you guys. Right. You know, so even all up to the day that I got baptized here, I said, I'm out. If anything, the Holy Spirit right. says I'm out. I'm going to look like a flake, but I'm out. Mm-hmm. And he never did. Right. Up until the end. Right. Until the end. And it was, um, it, I have such a wonderful memory of that journey. Because mm-hmm. it was so scary coming into this church, going into the connections class. Because right. I just was like, this is so black and white. Mm-hmm. Like the earth, you mm-hmm. know? Who, I don't care how long. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know some things. Right. So, but in general, I believe everything right. and that, with you. Right. And that's the, what you're just defining is that relationship with the Lord. And He's telling you, you know what? You need to be baptized. Right. Doesn't matter what everybody else says. <laughs> well, Gina and I went. We were. I grew up Lutheran. And she grew up Catholic. We were, oh, you know, baby baptism, infant baptism, and but we felt the conviction from the Lord. Yeah. Oh, you that, you both just kept thinking about how Jesus was baptized. Yeah. You know what? That's I want to follow did. him. All right. I am going to do right. it. <laughs> we got immersed. Had, yeah. We had, so, yeah. We had to fix it. Yeah. yeah we did. Three did too. I, I was pregnant with Colin. <laughs> uh, I've been saying for so 25 cute. years. Right. He's your holy boy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, right, that's, you defined it exactly. It's, it, the council may come, and it's interesting, you know, it, it's, you know, I've had people that I've talked to that they've had counsel from, from godly people that they can get divorced. And I mean, we know there's a certain ground for divorce. But I'm thinking, really? Should I listen to that? You know, that's a distraction to me that you have godly people and authority saying it's okay. In their situations, it, it wasn't. I mean, there was no grounds for, for this. But how we can be, if we're not walking tightly with the Lord, we can be led astray by, quote, you know, godly people. So that has to always line up with the Word of God. And, and in your, if you're convicted in your spirit, it should be the Word of God convicting you, you know. And the Word of God, to me, suggests I should be baptized after I know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm dying with Christ and coming back to life with Christ. So I, I felt everything lined up with Scripture. And I knew that the way they wanted me to behave didn't line up with how I should treat people. They wanted me to get out of the suffering and pain, but it was not how I should treat those individuals. So... You know, again, we talked about in James how he says, what is wisdom from God? It's pure, it's peace-loving. And, and you go through these things and say, no, this is really selfish. I just want out because I'm hurting. It's not what God wants, it's just what I want. Yeah. 
So these there are distractions that come, but it, we have to go, what's God want me to do? And he will speak to us. He speaks to us in our soul. He gives you nausea, nausea right? <laughs> My girls would say the same thing. Really? If they lie to us, they're like nauseated for days. And they're like, okay, <laughs> what do you need to tell me? Right, it isn't. It's, it's our relationship, right? Right. There's gonna be there's gonna be our difficulties and feeling that you are in the way. Right. So um, remember that, and now moving specifically into how these distractions make us grow. We talk about, I'll go that right away, they provide an opportunity for us to choose him. And I said with each choice, our faith, our trust will grow as we see the faithfulness of God. So, again, I made the choice as a kid not to go with the big kids and drink the alcohol. When I walked away, I felt the overwhelming presence of God, that I am with you. And that choice made me see God's presence in my life and my faith catapulted. And then it went on where those kids the next year or two were, you know, kicked off the team and then I got moved up and now, you know, I'm playing. Yeah, you know, and it just says, yeah, God, you're right. Your ways are right. They're true. And he proves himself over and over. And with each choice, he shows himself faithful and we grow. Um, so the choice is important. So like my daughter said, and we talked about it, why was the tree in the garden? Because love demands a choice. Love demands a choice. Peggy asked me the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's it, you know. Right. You've got free will. You, you don't have to follow somebody else. Right. Um, and that's the love of God that allows that. Yeah. He said, I'm not going to make you follow me. I'm going to give you a choice, but that choice makes the relationship. That's the love. That's the deepening. Gina said earlier, but it was quiet, but I caught it. She said, we need to know. And I agree. And that's neat. I like that perspective. Right. That we need to know, too. He's showing us. He showed Abraham. And anytime I do, I do what he wants and then there's joy, it's like I do like a little dance inside. Right. You know, it's like after you do it, take an exam and you, you right. nailed it mm-hmm. in college. I remember I felt like I was flying. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. the course is over. I did well. Um, so I guess right. we do need to know. I like right. that perspective. Right. The test isn't for the teacher. It's for us, right? To, so we know where we're at. Well, it provides a choice, and that's the second thing, and we can go back to Deuteronomy 13. It is a, it's, it's a, these distractions are a mirror into our walk with Christ. So there, what does he say? He says what? In the first part, what does he say? He's, he's trying to find out what? Okay, so he's going to... <laughs> There's a distraction. It can come right from right beside us. Uh, he said... Right. Right. Uh, so we need to find out, right, whether what? We love him with all of our heart. Right. Our right. So a distraction is going to prove to us where our love is. So I'm hurting, I'm in pain, I'm suffering, I want out. 
Well, I mean, sometimes that's you know, God's choice, but oftentimes it's just me. I don't like this. I don't deserve this. I'm out of here. But that's me-centered, and I'm loving myself, not God, right? Because I need to love God, and my if I'm loving God, right, then he is my, what do you want from my life? Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to go? I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's the difference. Where is my love? If I love somebody, right, what does the Bible say? I will obey them, right? For the Lord, he said, if you love me, you'll obey me. So he's testing us so we'll know where our love is. Is our love for ourselves? Is our love for the world? The things of the world? Um, he's testing us through these distractions to show us who we love what we love all right what else what else so this is a mirror it's showing us what our first love is what's the next thing he says who am i following right these distractions are going to show us who i'm following am i following some person am i following some whatever relationship Am I following the money? What am I following? Where am I going? What's, what's my compass? Who am I following? Again, it has to be Jesus. What does that look like? What does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it look like to love him? Tell me from your own life. When I'm following Jesus, this is what I'm doing. We got a silent. Is that concrete? It says it's currently 1048. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Are you see it? Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, I was like, it feels like we're starting so late. Yeah, I know. That's what I was like. Wow, we're starting late. Um, okay. We got to end this. I'll close this. <laughs> I'll close this in prayer. But So really, look through this and you can go through Deuteronomy.